Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 177. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I just had the most annoying walk in the world with my dog. Let's hear it. Uh, My dog is old. Not super old, but he's 10. Uh, But he's still fit. He he still runs uh, and whatnot. But we got him these boots for Christmas little doggy boots mm-hmm. uh it, it, it's it's pretty pathetic but the reason you get it so that when he's walking on salt which we use a lot around here uh not not like my house but in ottawa there's salt everywhere on the roads and the sidewalks and then when the salt gets between his paws they just burn him up uh-huh. and so the dog walks right like lifts his paws and he's not having a good time so we're like screw that let's avoid that nonsense Plus, he's walking in snow, and then you you just got to go lay down for 20 minutes, and you forget about him. This poor guy's there a half hour just waiting to get back in the house type of thing. Um, So we get him the boots. He hates them. (laughs) Hates them. Not only just, like, this weird, like, dog walk where he's, like, lifting his paws like he forgot how to walk all of a sudden, but he just drags his feet. Like, he doesn't get it if... If he walks at a normal pace, he'll be home sooner. He just like, oh, I hate this, and it just eors around like mopes. He's going through an emo phase right now because of these stupid boots. And so a half hour walk turns into like an hour walk in minus twenty degree weather. What an idiot! Ah, uh, poor poor boy, he's struggling yeah, and out there, man. You're, you're trying to like, come on, come on now, and he's like, ah, screw you and screw this. I'm no. <laughs> he had it's enough. The worst. Yeah, he had yeah. enough by that point. Uh, what's going on with you guys? Um, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Mitch. I was going to come on here and, and give you the business a little bit about the uh, <laughs> the, the game the other day. But to be, to be completely honest with you, that sounds pretty tone deaf right now. So all I'm going to say is just I am excited to just talk about hockey for a little bit and just forget about everything else that happened today. I'm going to leave it at that. Fair? Yeah, it's it, it it's it's coming in pretty loud from down below. So, yeah, let's let's talk about the Islanders here. I, I need I need to. Yes, we we all need this right now. So let's get into training camp because uh, that's the big story right now. And Matthew Barzal, obviously. But let's get into things 
this is what I wrote down. Things we've learned so far from training camp. So I, I kind of wanted to get your, your take on, on what we've seen, what we've liked, what we didn't like. So uh, let's start with the training camp aspect, and then we'll get to Barzell. For me, it starts with Josh Bailey is going to be stuck next to Brock Nelson and, and Anthony Bovillier. Oh, my God, please. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, that's definitely a good thing. Um, I absolutely love the idea of them playing together. And I know in the past we've mentioned reuniting Anders Lee to go along with Brock Nelson and, and Josh Bailey. And while I'm still, you know, I'm not necessarily opposed to that idea, but we'd be remiss if we didn't mention how uh, important that line was, that second line for the Islanders last year. And when Nelson and Bailey and Beauvillier were all cooking on all cylinders, that was, you can make the case that that was their best line at points last year. And I, I, I would say keeping them together is just going to be so beneficial to Josh Bailey. Cause even Barry Trotz said like that, that kind of screwed with him a little bit, moving him around the whole bunch and just keeping him there and putting him with, a really good center in Brock Nelson, like a, a solid, respectable second center, and a really nice wing, uh, an up-and-coming wing, too, someone who could potentially have a breakout year this year in Anthony Beauvillier. That's really good for him. I like that a lot. If I asked you, and I will, so I am, um, who Josh Bailey's most common line mates were at 5-on-5, five five, who would be your first two? And obviously, Common just by my lineman. tone, you can guess a certain way, but this top two, yeah. based on five-on-five five time on ice. You know what? Uh, I'm going to say, based on your tone, Derek Broussard is going to be one of my guesses. No. Okay. Is Bo one of them also? Bo is one. Okay. So who's the, the other The first one? one is Matthew Barzell. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I know he's played, like, top-line minutes with, with Barzal when, like, Eberle wasn't around for those 10 games, right? I know he bounced to the top. Um, but he played 311 minutes with Matthew Barzal at 5-on-5 five five last year, which was his most common forward partner. I'm not talking about goalies or defensemen here. And then Bo at 289. And you're going, those are some pretty high minutes. That makes sense. Well, then you consider Bo was stapled next to Brock Nelson, and that was 679 five-on-five minutes time on ice with. Wow. So you're going, that clearly shows that Josh Bailey was flipping around all, all over the place, mm-hmm. which we already knew, but this just confirms by how much. Uh, not even close to half of the ice time with one person, and that one person was Matthew Barzal. We don't associate uh, Josh Bailey as a top-line player, no. even though he is. Uh, but when you make up the lines for what the, the for what it was last year, you're not going Lee Barzal Bailey. You're going Lee Barzal Everly. But it should be the other way around, just based on off ice time. Well, maybe not, but like you clearly see where Josh Bailey's lack of consistently didn't lack of consistency did not help him throughout the season, and he still put up what how many points? I think forty three. I think in the low forties. Right? So, like, he still had a really solid year considering he was being flipped around. Now consider what he's going to do with consistent line mates. Yeah, that's like, but that's all we really need from from Josh Bailey. Just give him the, give me your 50 to 55 points, somewhere in that range, and just play. It's it's scary that I'm going to use this word when you think about the beginning of Josh Bailey's career, but just give me that consistent play that we've learned from Josh Bailey over the last four years now at this point. Give me that on the second line. I'll sign up for that any day of the week for the second line. And at $5 million against the cap, too? Like, come on. that That's really good value. Exactly. And, like, he was on pace for 52 points last year. 
that's great. It's, obviously, you'd want more, but like that's still a pretty good amount in a Barry Trotz system. And yeah. that he's being flipped around all over the place. He's a 50-point player even when he's bouncing around from the top line to the third line. Wild. That's, I don't know about you, but that screams versatility to me, and I like that. <laughs> yeah, and productive versatility, right? So, like, and now imagine if he's anchored on that th- on that second line with exactly as you said a top a top end center and an emerging maybe not star but top end player in in Beauvillier. Easily, he could put up sixty points, I would say, or pace of sixty points. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, the the next thing that I wanted to talk about was something that Barry Trotz said that uh, I, I think we kind of knew was coming, but I, I like to hear it from him. And that was saying that Noah Dobson's ready for a bigger role. Uh, I definitely think that it, it's necessary. He can't play 13 minutes a night again this year. Um, but I'm really, really excited to see what this kid can do with like legitimate third pairing minutes with with Andy Green. Like I, I think that pair is gonna be is gonna be solid. I like that a lot as a third pair. Yeah, Noah Dobson's gonna have to do a lot of the heavy lifting on that pair. But we saw it. Maybe not saw, but we heard. In the, uh, the, the, what do you want to call it? Like the playoff training camp? Is that the right word? Either way. Uh, they're one of the better pairs in the, in, on the team. Just as good as Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock. Just as good as Letty Boychuk. Just as good as Taze Mayfield. You're going great. That sounds great. And he's going to have like, you, you have that, that veteran presence voice in Andy Green helping Noah Dobson along in his career. Incredible. And this kid is going to be something else. I I see some people say like, oh, he'll be a good top four piece. No, no, no. Ceiling is is top pair defenseman. It is not like he'll be good on the second pair. Maybe throw him up top in situations. No, no. Ceiling is top two. That that's it. That's where it is. The ceiling floor top two. Yes. No, I'm I'm with you on that. I I definitely see him as a as an eventual top pairing guy. I'm with you. And what I like about him is that he, yes, he can be offensive, but I also think for his age, he's still pretty solid defensively, and he's only going to get better defensively playing with a guy like Andy Green. Like, who's be- who's going to be a better guy on this roster to show him the ways? Maybe you can make the case for Adam Pellick, but you're, you're not going to screw around and take away Ryan Pulak from Adam Pellick. That's just worked too well for this team. But you're taking, or uh, I guess I'll say it like this, you're bottom two pairs or your middle pair and your third pair are almost like the inverse of each other. So you have Nick Letty on the left side, who's kind of like, who's the more offensive one. And on the third pair, it's Noah Dobson's. Who's the more offensive one on the, on the right side. And then you look at the, the middle pair again, the defensive guys on the right side and the defensive guy on the third pair is on the left side in, in Andy green. I kind of like that. It flip flops like that. I, I feel like, Oh no! It just makes them a little bit more versatile and like a well well rounded team. Yeah, and it gives some sort of um, something for the other team to look at. Like you can't just say like, "All right, we're going to play it right down the right because the right side is weak." Cool, do that. We'll put Dobson on the ice, and then we'll put Pollock on the ice for forty minutes on the game. Great, you got twenty minutes to work with. Oh, and our other guy is Scott Mayfield. It's not that he's the be- the worst, but he's certainly like he's pretty damn good. So, right. good luck to you. No, absolutely. I, and I, I'm really excited about these defensive pairs going forward. 
um, for this year anyway. I, I think it's going to be solid. So that was that was one that just stuck out to me, and I thought was worth mentioning. The uh, Noah Dobson ready for a bigger role, and I guess too that just we talked about it already. But the fact that the pairs are exactly what we expected in in Pelik and Pulak, Taze, uh, not Taze, excuse me, Letty and Mayfield and Green and Dobson. Yeah, we shouldn't necessarily be surprised by that, or, or no. no one should, right? Like, no one should be surprised by the roster or the lines looking exactly the same as they were last year because you're running a 10-day camp with no no exhibition games, no tune-up games, no nothing like that. 10 days, and you're straight into it. Coaches aren't going to mess around unless they're a team like New Jersey or, or Los Angeles, right, who have time, and this is the time for them to mess around. Like, does Jack Hughes work better with this guy or not? The Islanders aren't in that situation. They're looking to contend. And so they know what worked last year. They're going to roll with it. Unless the guy's gone, like Devontae's, they put in Nick Letty. And to me, that that's that's a good like-for-like replacement. No, absolutely. Uh, was there anything else from training camp so far that stuck out to you that you wanted to get into? Um, not Nothing yet. It's only been, what, like three days of training camp. So the, a lot of the storylines, like you said before, re- revolve around Matthew Barzal. Um, but, but that, that's really it for me. Like some of the young guys are getting props from the coach, right? Like he likes what, uh, Kiefer Bellows is doing, uh, which is all fine and good, but we'll see how far that goes. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the big ones aside from the Matthew Barzell situation, I would say. Yeah. So with that, let's get into the Barzell situation. Uh, he is still without a contract. So we are, are a few days into training camp already still has remained unsigned there. There's still rumors going flying around. Um, so I guess just thoughts, concerns, Mitch, no concerns. Uh, this is an ongoing negotiation, obviously. Um, he's going to be signed by January 14th. That's going to be the thing or 13th. I guess, I guess we should say 13th because that's when the team needs to be cap compliant. Uh, and that's when he will be signed. Uh, how would they get to that is, is still kind of debatable, Right, like they have the room to make it work now, based off the price point that we think he should be getting, uh, and of course we're not privy to discussions. No one outside of Lou's four walls seem to be, uh, although rumors do do filter out here and there because that's just the nature of of, of the business. You can't keep everything under wraps. Um, but with the idea that he he being Lou, the rumor today was that like Lou, uh, sorry, Leo Komarov is on the block, uh, as is Thomas Hickey and maybe others. It's clear that he's trying to create even more cap space than what he's got now, which should be enough to sign Matthew Barzell to seven or eight or even nine million dollars, while also potentially bringing in some of those vets. Like we talked about, uh, well, we're going to talk about Matt Martin in a bit, um, Corey Schneider, and, and so on and so forth. Although Corey Schneider, AHL salary. Anyways, uh, they, they should have the money to do this, but the fact that he wants to clear out more tells me that it's probably going to be more money than we think, um, and, and maybe for a longer term. Yeah, that would that would seem to make sense, right? And we did hear the rumors of him potentially wanting the six years. And like Thomas Hickey's a name that was brought up in Elliot Freeman's 31 Thoughts this week where he talked about him potentially being moved. Uh, Leo Komarov's another name. Uh, and if those guys are being looked to move, be moved out, then um, I would assume this means that Barzal is getting more than a three-year deal at $7 million a year like we were anticipating. I would say so, because you can make that fit pretty easily and, and sign some guys, right? Like, assuming you walk right up to the right, right up to the ceiling cap of 81.5, you can then go over by six because of Johnny Boychuk. Um, that that the six alone 
won't won't get Matthew Barzell done, but you you can you can get to that point. Uh, so it, it tend to me that that makes me think that it's going to be eight eight and a half for like five years or something like that. Yeah, which I guess is both good and bad in, in a way. I, it's good because you are eventually going to have Matt Barzell making eight and a half million dollars in two years, and that's not going to be a, you know a ton of money. Uh, bad because I believe that would take him right up to free agency at age twenty-seven. No, that's correct. Yeah. Okay, so that's that scares me a little bit just from <laughs> yeah. past experiences. Uh, we'll leave it at that, but. Um, it, it, the idea of getting Matthew Barzal at age 25 years old at an eight and a half million dollar cap hit is pretty nice. Yeah, exactly. And the idea here is that it'll be uh, that that cap hit will be better later on, right? Like it'll still be fine now. Like if you're signing him to eight and a half million dollars, um, that's that's not a terrible deal. I, I'm just trying to see where he ranks right now in terms of points. Uh, and of course, it's not bringing it up because I have it ranked based off of cap hits here on on cap friendly uh but let me just do the sort this out update results uh and then go based off of barzell okay so he ranks 41st in terms of points last year for active players the guys around him john tavares sorry uh yeah 41st with 60 points the guys around him john tavares 11 million dollars mike hoffman just below him at 5.6 william nylander making 6.9 but he's actually taking home 9 million dollars and then david perron uh, as well at uh, at $4 million. So there's a whole range there, but you've got two guys, sorry, Jonathan Taze as well, 60 points, two guys at 10.5 and $11 million. One of those guys won three cups, so maybe take him out of the equation. One of those guys did not, John Tavares, is making 11. So he, Barzell, was as productive as an $11 million player last year. That's good. You can't tell me he's not worth less than, he's not worth eight, eight and a half, right? Like, I know you won't, but like, person listening can't be like ah that's too much money and you're going it may be too much money considering where the islanders are in the cap environment now but like he's worth it man uh i would definitely tend to agree that he that he is (laughs) absolutely worth it for sure and so and that's the and he's 23 he's 23 he has not peaked yet he will peak at some point in a couple of years he's still got two years to get better and then he'll peak for like four or five right like maybe four years and he'll like plateau at that like let's say 80 to 90 point player (laughs) like let's be honest here that's pretty damn good we're going to get some good years at Matthew Barzal even making eight and a half if that's what he signs for yeah, I, I honestly that see that that's what excites me because like on the on the surface, yes, eight and a half might sound like a lot when we were expecting it at seven, obviously on a much shorter term. But that's what we're saying. We're like Matthew Barzell in his prime at eight and a half million dollars, and when you're out of this COVID economy in the next couple of years, like that could be good. That could be a good thing. Right, like I've seen some people say, like, "Well, he's not worth as much as Sebastian Aho." And you're going, "Well, hold the phone here a second. Oh, come on. First off, Sebastian Aho is more of a goal scorer. I'll give him that much. So, like, maybe he gets a little bit more. But Sebastian Aho has scored 66 points last year on a very offensive team. Matthew Barzell scored 60 on a very defensive team. You put Matthew Barzell in the situation of the Carolina Hurricanes, he's putting up more than 66 points. I guarantee you that. He probably doesn't put up 38 goals like Sebastian Ajo did, but he scores, I'm going to say, 70, 75 points. Yeah, 
No, I would say so. I would absolutely say so. And you're right. Circumstances are different. Um, but like, you can't look at it that way too. You got to pay the guys who are important to your team. Matt Barzell is the most important player on the team. If it takes eight and a half million dollars, you get it done. Like, I don't see what the big deal is with that. Case in point, the guy we're going to probably transition to right now, Matt Martin, right? Like they, they paid him what they thought he was worth. And a lot of us don't agree on the price point, but they, they were comfortable paying him more than what his market value is. Yeah, so you'd want to get into that now because we don't really have anything else new on Matthew Barzell. I think it's a good transition point to go from like where they're going to have to pay Matthew Barzell what they feel his market value is based off how we, how important he is to their team. And we can see that they're willing to do that because they did that with Matt Martin. Exactly. So Matt Martin reportedly getting a four-year deal at $1.5 million. Now, that I'll say it like this. It does seem a little bit higher than what I was anticipating and definitely longer than what I was anticipating. I said this on Twitter and I'll, I'll repeat it here. It's very, very difficult for me to get bent out of shape to the extent that a lot of IELTS Twitter was the other day over one and a half million dollars. I know the cap situation isn't great, but come on, it's one and a half million dollars. So I want to preface everything I'm going to say by I want to keep Matt Martin around. I like the player. I like what he does for our team. I like the role he fills. But $1.5 million is $500,000 too much for what Matt Martin is bringing to the table. And the reason we are in the situation we are, and by situation I mean the fact that we have $3.9 million worth of cap hit and are praying to God someone could take Leo Komarov in a trade, um, is because of these moves. Moves like this where you're overpaying guys like Leo Komarov, like Matt Martin, like Kyle Clutterbuck. I know Lou didn't do that one, but that's still something we're in. That's a lot of money committed to guys who aren't giving you what they're being equal value, right? Like Kyle Clutterbuck is not giving you $3.35 million worth of performance on the ice. I don't care how many people he hits. It's not worth $3.35 million a year. Is Martin at one five though? Well, and that that's just it. So for me, it's not. It's not. But according to Boomer Zison, Matt I was I had three or four offers on the table, right? From teams that were coming hard after him, apparently. So the Islanders were like, oh, we're gonna fend off anyone and be like, let's give you five hundred thousand dollars more. And I'm not saying that I know how much the other teams are giving him, but I would imagine those teams aren't going to go like, we're gearing up to pay Matt Martin $1.5 million. Yes, please. And thank you. Didn't he say that he took a discount to stay? That's 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 scary. That's scary, man. Did he really? Oh, my God, thought- he did. Oh, I didn't see that part yet. I didn't read that yeah. part of Rob's tweet. Oh, my God. Yeah. Why would someone give $2 million to Matt Martin away from Casey Zizekas and Cal Clutterbuck? In a COVID economy, why I, would you I know. do that? No, I, I, I know, I know, and uh, I don't want to sound like the the old, the old man yelling at a cloud right now, but I, I think that maybe some the NHL still values guys like Matt Martin in, in terms of what they bring to the room. I know that sounds so cliche, and I feel like a part of me well, is dying with saying that. But. You should, because we got a guy making three million dollars on the roster who's being paid that for exactly that. Who Komarov? Komarov, yeah. No, come on. I mean, you can't put Leo Komarov and Matt Martin in the same boat. Why else is Leo Komarov on this team? <laughs> He's a good glue guy. That's it. That's that done. We're done. See you later. That's his role. 
I, but I, I know. I, I, Martin's more important than, than Leo Komarov would be my argument to that. All I'm saying is that when The Rock goes out there and says, know your role, Leo Komarov is like, glue guy, done. Oh, he understands. No. He understands. No, <laughs> no, he's PK guy. So he blocks a bunch of shots. That's glue guy 101. That's glue guy adjacent. That's basically yeah. glue guy. Limps off the ice because he took a howitzer to the, like the unprotected part of the back of his leg. And everyone's like, God damn, I love that guy. And for good reason. But like, you can't pay someone like that $3 million or no. more than one of those guys $3 million and expect to be cap compliant at the end of the day. Okay. How about, okay. Let me, let me try you this way. Okay. Is Matt Martin worth half of a Leo Komarov? Yes. There, okay, there you go. Would you rather have one Matt Martin or two Tom Kunako-like players? I do See? I have case? Do I have Casey and Cal? Do I have Casey and Cal? Because that matters. Yes. That matters. Yes. Okay, yes, then do. I would. Ra- I would rather Matt. Okay, there you go. So you could spin zone this. You could spin it into a positive way. It still doesn't sound great because then my options were like two Toms or one Matt. And I was like, uh, I want the Matt because I got Cal and Casey. Right? Like that that, that was the, the preface to my saying, yes, if I have Cal and Casey. Because we know Matt Martin away from Cal Clutterbuck and Casey Zekas is not the same player. It's not that he's not effective and he's not a good glue guy because he is. Talk to Mitch Marner. He'll tell you he is. It's just that you can't pay... You can't have more than one guy on the roster making, at this point, $4.5 million worth of your roster, of your cap, for glue. You know, glue guys are supposed to come in, set the glue, and go. It's dry now. We got it. We got the glue on the team. At a certain point, you got you to move on. You got to. Specifically at this price point. I, I, I feel that way about Leo Komarov. It's, I don't feel that way about Matt. Right. If Leo Komarov wasn't here, then I don't, I don't, I don't have an issue because then we have an extra hundred, uh, one point five million dollars on, on the cap. It's not the same issue. It's because we have all of these these cap hits capitulating. So again, to to go back to my preface, it's not that I don't think Matt Martin doesn't belong on this team or that I don't want him on this team. It's that the culmination of all these cap hits for guys that are just filling like glue roles. At a certain point, there's too much glue here. Okay. If last one for me, and then. I will we'll we'll talk through this in another way. Okay. If Lou Lamarillo turns around and flips Leo Komarov in the next week, do you feel different about this contract? Yes. Okay. I could live with that. My opposition is is purely circumstantial and is because of the cap. That's it. That's my my whole opposition. It's not based on the on, on who the player is. It's not based on what the player gives you. It's based off the circumstance that the Islanders find themselves with who they already have on the roster, including Ross Johnson. And how much they're now paying. So you now include Ross Johnson in here, and you got $5.5 million for three glue guys. The Ooh. Ross Johnson one is a bit peculiar. Peculiar. I can't say I got you. I got you. It's fine. You. I got you. Thank you. <sighs> um, another thing for this. On Another thing for this. Uh, I am really, really, really getting tired of every time something happens and D- Devontae's name gets brought back up. I'm getting really tired of it. Wait. Okay. You're, you're going to have to fill me in on the loop here because I'm missing some after, spots. After the Matt Martin contract signed, yeah. a, a large portion of people were like, this is why 
Devontae's isn't here and that they that they need Devontae's and this team's going to be bad because Devontae's isn't here and they lost their puck-moving defenseman. Did we forget the Devontae's meltdown in Game 2 and Game 6 of that Tampa Bay series? Are we just going to, like, block that out? Are we going to ignore that? Like, that was not a thing? <laughs> the, 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 the wings, the flapping of the arms, right? To, that, to instill a 6-4 comeback? That's, that's another one. But, and I'm not saying that he's a bad player either. Like, he, he's fine. But I, I think to equate the Islanders' success last year to Devontae's, and now that they don't have Devon, that this is going to somehow the wheels are going to fall off on this thing and they're not going to be able to run their system without Devontae's? Come on. I don't know if I buy that. No. So, I, I feel like we're on two different issues here. So, it was the reason Devontae's is being brought up is because people are complaining the Isles can't afford... Devontae's because they paid Matt Martin, right? Like that's pretty much that's, yes. And then yes. it goes into like, well, we needed Devontae's because then he's it turns more in, important to this team than Matt Martin that, and other correct. things. Yes, well, two of those things are correct. Like, yes, paying Matt Martin one point five as well as Ross Johnson one and Neil Komarov three. Th- there's there's your uh, Devontae's easily, and then you, you you fill the Matt Martin role with a uh, um, what's a replacement level player, easy. Uh, but that replacement level player isn't necessarily giving you Matt Martin levels of production or, and by production, I mean like generating that identity for the Islanders. That being said, this isn't just because of, of Leo, of, of Matt Martin, like the, these deals like a- Anders Lee at $7 million, ah, that's a lot of money. Um, that hopefully will be worth it, but like it wasn't necessarily worth it last year, right? Like he was maybe a five to six million dollar player max. Um, it's it's deals like Leo Calm or sorry, Cal Clutterbuck at three and a half for the next two years. Lad. <laughs> lad at five and a half. Yeah, the lad right there. You're right. Done. <laughs> that that's the one. <laughs> You're right. The right it ends there. Just that alone. And it's not to say that Lou shouldn't have any blame here. Um, but I, I think there's more than just we had to move Devontae's because we needed cap space in terms of a reason for giving him up as tribute. That that was certainly our reason, but I think it, it harks back to what you're saying. Like his defensive play may not have been up to slot for this uh, for this team, and and maybe he just wasn't a fit, right? So they they make it they make him go and they save some cap space. I think you could look at it as a way that both. Colorado and the Isle, and then we're getting into a Devontae's conversation. I'll, I'll make this brief, but I, I think you can make the case that both teams got what they needed out of that deal and both could be happy with what they did. And I, I really don't think there's going to be that much of a difference going to Nick Letty in that role this year. And I just, it seems like every time like something happens and Matt Barzal isn't signed and then it's a, it's, it's every, it all goes back to Barzal and Taze. And I, it's just really bugging me on iOS Twitter. I, I can't continue to read that anytime like something minuscule happens that it's got to go back to Devon Taze who hasn't been here in four months and Matt Barzal. Yeah, that, that, that's fair. Um, but well, I, I don't know. Let's not relitigate the Devontae's thing. Let's get back to the Matt Martin thing. Do you yes. think that Matt Martin and the fourth line could be back to their old selves this year? I don't think they'll be 2014-15 fourth line, but I think they will be good. Like like 2018-19 good? Yes. Yes. 
Because, like, Martin put up 14 points in 67 games in 18-19, which put him on pace for 23 over a full year, which would have been a career year for him. His career high is 19 points. Um, he had eight points in 55 games last year, which is, you know, on pace for 12. Didn't have a banner year there, although, like, six points in 22 playoff games is pretty damn good. Yeah, has the five playoff goals sound. Yeah, exactly. So, like, if we're getting peak Matt Martin, Casey Sezikis, and Cal Clutterbuck, fine whatever right like 1.5 million dollars is not a big deal if you're if your fourth line could generate the identity they were generating two years ago um and, and if they're not there that that um barry trotz knows how to, to coach this team right because when they're not there he he said it himself he overcoached his team and, and they they sunk in the standings like just nosedived they did. There was a there was a lot of fact. They also didn't have Adam Pellick too, which was a was a big big key in that. They were they were banged up. Uh, but I think like this is what they want to do. Like if they in their perfect world, they have that fourth line clicking on all cylinders. They're playing much better defensively, and the offense is doing enough. Like they're not going to be world beaters on offense. But we saw in the playoffs, like that's what they can be when they're functioning properly. And, you know, maybe things are a little bit different if Devontae's doesn't take bad icing penalties or <laughs> throw the puck into the stands twice in one game. Um, maybe <laughs> things are a little bit different in, in that circumstance. Um, and uh, listen, that, that series isn't all on him. I'm not crazy here. But maybe maybe that's how they feel, though. Maybe they feel like that those kind of mistakes from a defender they can't tolerate. They need their defense to be like, defensive guys and he's too much leaning on the offensive side not good enough in the defensive end and that's a liability in their eyes in terms of what they're trying to do with their quote-unquote system that that might just be it right and so if we get back to to the Devontae's that that makes a lot of sense as to why they let him go and they get two second round picks for it that should help them move guys like Leo Komarov or Thomas Hickey and that then negates whatever negativity anyone had towards a Matt Martin signing, like you properly brought up to try to convince me it was a good deal. Sorry, I kind of derailed that segment by kept bringing it back to Devontae's. <laughs> it's fine. You it had, was bothering you me. You had something to work out. It's all good. We I worked did. it out, I think. I was internalizing it for far too long. <laughs> uh, so do you want to get into some prospects, Mitch? Yes, let's do the prospects down on the farm. Um, so there's a bunch of prospects at camp, and in my latest prospect report, I kind of... Talked about their chances of making the team. I didn't rank them necessarily, but um, there's quite a few of them. If we just go through the forward group, we got Kiefer Bellows. uh, We have Simon Holmstrom, Otto Koivula. We have, and then uh, I didn't count Dmitry Timoshov just because I I wouldn't count him as a rookie. He's played at the NHL level. Uh, And then Oliver Wallstrom. If you just look at those guys in terms of chances of making the NHL roster, uh, it's Wallstrom and Koivula to me as a top two and Dark Horse being Kiefer Bellows. There's no way Simon Holmstrom makes a team. It's not happening. No, 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 no. With all due respect to Simon Holmstrom, there's no. You're right. There's no, there's no shot. Which which is interesting when you consider what Lou Lamarella said about Joshua saying right, saying like he the reason he's not here is because we don't see him not only making the team but not even making the taxi squad. And you're like, okay, well then why is Simon Holmstrom here? Holmstrom there. Uh, good point. Very valid point, Mitch. You're onto something there. Which uh, to me, it's just. It's an idea of, like, we're trying to, like, bring Simon Holmstrom into our family, right? Like, take him under our wing and, and have him practice with the team as much as possible. Maybe, yeah, maybe. he does go to the, 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 the taxi squad and just hang out until February 5th when the, the AHL season starts. Although I don't think so. Uh, may, maybe. 
But that's something the Islanders should have done with Joshua saying a long time ago. Uh, maybe not 2015 when he missed like opening day of training camp, but like they had six years to figure this out. <laughs> I know. I, no, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I'm only bringing it back to Joshua saying because of Simon Holmstrom. Let's not get back into Joshua saying we've tied a bow on that. Um, but yeah, Simon Holmstrom is not making the NHL roster this year unless he has some sort of monster camp because he did not have a, a, a fantastic World Juniors. He had a good one, not a fantastic one. Yes. Uh, d- definitely, definitely something to note. Just five points in five games is great. Had some highlight reel uh, moments, uh, but when it, when the big games were happening, he was not much of a factor. So, okay, that obviously we prefer if that wasn't the case, but maybe another year in the AHL will will do him good then because that's playing to that you know that next level of competition that you have to master. That's right. Uh, and then you look at the defensive end, and there's, there's a few more there where we got sure. Sebastian Aho. We have Samuel Bolduc. We have Grant Hutton. You then have Bodie Wild and Parker Wotherspoon. The only person I think makes the opening day roster on this in this group uh, is going to be Sebastian Ajo. The only one. Yeah. No. Agree. Agree. I don't see any other circumstance. Yeah, and that's going to be as like a seventh defenseman um, or, or, or taxi squad guy. Maybe Grant Hutton is the next one on that list that could sneak his way on. They they really like him. Um, they like what he did last year. Uh, he's a right-hander, so that that definitely helps. Uh, but after that, you know, you got Bodie Wiles, who basically didn't play last year. Right. Uh, Parker Witherspoon, I think, is just there for numbers. G- good season in the AHL, but like, there's no way he's making he's breaking into the the NHL team. Uh, and then uh, who was the other one? I said Samuel Budzik. They really like him, but he he has not yet played at a professional level. So it would surprise me, even though he had a strong camp last year, that he comes out here and he earns a spot in the NHL right away. Yeah, it's yeah, that would be very surprising. I'm with you. Aho's the only one that that makes sense to me. He is locked in seventh D man. Hutton, like you said, maybe has a slim, slim, slim chance, but I think he's probably AHL bound too. Yeah, he again had a good year at the AHL level, but his I uh, what the word I want to use here is maybe the uh, uh whatever. What what helps him is the fact that he's a right-handed defenseman. He's solid year and a right-handed defenseman. They could maybe bring him in, but like they're giving that spot to Noah Dobson as the sixth, as the like the third right-hander. So they're they're not going to usurp him. Or, or sorry, Grant Hutton is not going to usurp him this year. It's just not happening. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't think so either. Absolutely. Uh, and then in goals, technically we have two in Ilya Sorokin and Jacob Skarik. Jacob Jakub Skarik. Um, Skarik is playing at the AHL level. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. Um, what what is interesting then for him is we have four goalies signed, right? We need right. three at the NHL level because we need one on the taxi squad, right? So that leaves Jakub Skarik to play in the AHL alone. I feel like you need another goalie, <laughs> right? So I would expect them to bring in another goalie at some point. Um, because we know that Corey Schneider is going to sit. Well, we don't know for a fact, but it seems likely that Corey Schneider is going to sit on the taxi squad, uh, and then uh, Skarik is going to go play at the AHL level. Uh, unless they just want Skarik around full time, and they know they can send Corey down and be like, "Corey, we know you've been there before. You can carry this team. We'll get you some help with someone else, like Al Montoya or something. You guys just hang out and and teach the kids how to be pros." I guess. Uh, but as it stands now, to me, Schneider, taxi squad, Skarik. AHL. Yeah, I I think that makes too much sense. Uh, Skarik to me, I don't think he's ready yet. I, I really don't no. see. 
He didn't play that much last year, if I'm not mistaken, right? No, he didn't play much last year. Uh, he spent most of the season in the ECHL. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's bring up his, his number of games played because it, it does. I forget exactly how many he did. Uh, so 16 at in Bridgeport, 14 in uh, in Worcester, Worcester, Worcester. Spiz is going to kill me. Something like that, yeah. Um, so 30 games total last year, which is okay, um, but it's not great. And then he's only played four games this year, all in Pilitat, and he was dreadful. Although the team in front of him was absolute hot was garbage. Yeah. Sorry, Pelitat. Uh, yeah, that that's a tough situation for anybody. But I would be again, I'd be very, very shocked if he even was on the on the taxi squad. To me, that screams Corey Schneider. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and outside of that, there's not a whole lot going on. Obviously, Matthias Rajanemi. Uh, uh, I think I pronounced that right. I think it's Rajanemi, not Rajanemi, like I used to do it. Mm. Uh, won a bronze medal with Finland. Good job by him. As the yes. seventh D-man, he played 37 minutes the entire tournament. Okay, not a lot, but still it counts. It still counts. Yeah, he's he's 18. He just turned 18 in September. He's likely going to be there next year. He might even be there the year at, well, it's a U-20, so probably not. So he'll be there mm-hmm. next year. Uh, and he'll have, I, I, I haven't had that in confirmation because obviously Team Finland's not going to tell me that they're going to play him as a fourth D-man next year. <laughs> right. Um, but it would surprise me if a 6'4", 205-pound, 18-year-old isn't going to be in a top four, at least top six role as a 19-year-old with a bronze medal around his neck. I think he'll be there next year. They really like him. Like I spoke to his defensive coach a lot, mm-hmm. and he kept bringing up, I like his skating, I like his passing, I like his shooting, I like the way he brings the puck out of the zone, and I love his size. Like He said a million times, I lo- we love his size. So he'll be there next right. year. Good. Definitely want to keep an eye on him next year. I like that. And last one is a little update from Sweden with Alexander Ljungkrantz going on loan to Stromsbro. Okay. I haven't been able to reach them. They played today. According to the news release, he was playing, but there's no lineups from um, Hockey Etan. That's like their third division. So it goes SHL, Olsenskan, Hockey Etan. And uh, there's no lineup card or at least official one that's being published anywhere. So I couldn't tell uh, if he was playing in what position he was playing. Uh, I can't tell how many minutes he played. So I, I'm trying to find all that information out from the team, uh, but their email doesn't work. I think their box <laughs> is full. So oh I'm just trying to find out a little bit more from them. So Strums, bro, if you're listening, I'm trying to communicate with you. Please contact me. Yes, please get back to our boy, Mitch. That would be uh, greatly appreciated for sure. Uh, and that, that's all I had. Uh, unless I, I'm missing something, that was your on-the-farm update for this week. Love it. So shall we get to the quiz now, Mitch? Yes, sir. As we do every week, it's a who who is who for the New York Islanders. And this episode is 177. So we typically take um, we take one who's played. My God. Sorry. I'm okay. so thrown Start off over. by the lack of music. I don't know why. It's three weeks now. And I, I, I can't why. hear it. And I'm just focusing on that. I, I, I didn't change anything now. either. I didn't change anything with this board either. I don't know. It's on me, I'm sure. I'm sure I did something stupid on my computer. Anyway, episode 177 of the Eyes on Isles podcast. As we do every week, I quiz bat on an Islander player who's played X number of games or X for the Islanders. In this case, it's 177 or 77. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, You have five clues to guess who this player is. They get progressively easier as they go along. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. One, I was once escorted out of Czechoslovakia by armed soldiers. 
<laughs> uh, next time. I don't know. Two, I was drafted by the Sabres in 1987. Some Canadians will probably get this one already. Drafted by the Sabres in 1987. Oh, boy. I feel... Oh, well, okay. Um, uh, Pierre Turgeon. Dang it! <laughs> yes! I okay. shouldn't have said Sabres. I should have just said drafted in 87. Yep. Um, three was I played for five different teams, including the Stars and Avalanche. I made two too easy. Damn it. Um, four, I was part of the Isles. Oh, sorry. I was part of the Isles for four years in the 90s and was wildly successful. You probably would have got it by then at the very latest. Mm -hmm. And then five, I met Mitch at my cottage in Orlando when he was like 12. He was skinny and weird. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. Mitch's favorite player. Of course. How can we there forget? There it is. Yeah, so he was part of Team Canada when they played in a, I think it was the World Juniors even, in Czechoslovakia. And they got into an all-out brawl, like a bench-clearing brawl with the Soviets. Uh -huh. And both teams got ousted out of Czechoslovakia. Uh, Piar was the only one to actually sit on the bench. He didn't get in on a fight. The only one to just sit on the bench while everyone else was fighting. Interesting. Okay. And so, yeah, the Canadians got escorted out of Czechoslovakia by armed guards. Got him out. Got the hell out, you dumb Canadians. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, uh, boy. So with that, let's get into the social segment. Mitch, what's going around on Isles Twitter? What for, what do you got for us this week? Um, So the first thing is something we forgot to do last week was the money puck oh. stuff. Oh, yeah. Right? The money puck projections for the 2011, sorry, the 2011, the 2021 season that yes, had yes. the Islanders at 40.8% to win the division. Sorry, no, not win the division, make the playoffs which was lower than the Devils by 0.2%. Uh, yeah, that's that's frankly ridiculous. Um, I, I don't care for that projection one bit. I, I understand, I guess, why, because the Islanders don't usually tend to do well in these models, the analytics, and blah, 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 blah. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm over it, man. I'm over it. When is the team going to get some respect? Well, I feel like Dom gave, gave the team some good respect when he did his preview piece for the Islanders, yeah. where he's like, this is what I think could happen, but like they've been proving us wrong for a while. Like he he struck a, a fair tone, I thought, with the way that his his model projected for the Islanders. Yeah. He um. Did. So like I appreciate that a lot, Dom. If you're listening, I I hope you are. Um. But yeah, the, this one here does does not make a whole lot of sense. The fact that the Devils are higher than the Islanders, I don't know what the hell's going on with their model, but like Mackenzie Blackwood is not that good of a goalie. He's fine. He's fine. But like, come on now. Yeah. No. Uh, absolutely. So we'll, we'll we'll see, but I'd be stunned if the Devils somehow finish above the Islanders. But sure, we'll play the game. If that happens, it's because the Islanders had a COVID-related uh, uh, something or other twice throughout the year, and they missed. Like Adam Pellick went out, Casey Zekas went out at the same time, and Matthew Barzell, you know, hasn't been signed to a contract, and it's March or something like that. That's the yep. only way the Devils land above the Islanders. And, and there, there are other ones here, like the centers at 40.4% to make the playoffs in their division. That's insane, even though it's four teams out of seven. Like, come mm -hmm. on here, guys. No, I know. It, it's, some of that stuff doesn't make any sense to me. I'm with you on that. So. Uh, uh, my first one comes courtesy of Butch Goring, but I'm gonna, I, I want your take on this. Mitch, you've been, we, we've been writing together for what? This is our fifth year now, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. Fifth year. Okay. How quickly did you catch on that it was on Long Island and not in Long Island? I think the first time I made that mistake was a week into it. Yeah, <laughs> but, 
And then, and then you then you learn. You're basically an honorary Long Islander. Now, with all due respect to you, who, again, honorary Long Islander. We love you here on the island. Butch Goring's been around the island a lot longer, and he's still making the mistake. He said, happy to see Matt Martin has stayed in Long Island and will be playing the left wing, <sighs> blah, 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 blah. Butch, this is day one stuff. He walked it back. Someone quote tweeted him, and then he replied, I was testing you. I don't buy that for a second. That is a... <laughs> Come on, that that is that's such a dad move to to pull that. Uh, he screwed it up, and uh, Butchie, man, you, you got to be on top of your game at this point. You, you've been around the on the island for what forty years now? 1980, 40 years. That's yeah. too long to be making that mistake. So there, there's something that we have in French where where, where you hear it said a word, you hear something said in a way, and you go like, "Ça fait mal à l'oreille." Like it hurts my ear hearing that, and in Long Island hurts my ears yeah right I, I can't do it i hear it and i go like wow stop stop right there i already know you're an idiot <laughs> just just don't say that it's on long island because it just sounds right to me now and i'm uh -huh. sure it didn't originally you'd be like it, it, in long island yeah I, I can't even say it without like my ears just go like no not like my french brain is telling me like you're an idiot don't say it that way <laughs> just because there's, there's, there's things in french where you would say like le table it's not le table it's la table you can't, I can't say it le and be like, oh, that sounds acceptable. No, it's just that's not how it's done. Dumb, dumb, change your brain. You eat all American once and now you're, <laughs> you're a Long Islander and it irks you when they say on Long Island. Is that what's in, in the meat? It's just, oh, you did it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Right. So, yeah. Um, my next one here is from David Pagnotta. I think everyone knows who he is. Yes. As the New York Islanders Barzell negotiation continues, multiple sources tell me the Isles are engaged in trade talks to stay cap compliant. And, and this is kind of getting us to the uh, the idea of, uh, not the idea, but the notion that Thomas Hickey and uh, Leo Komarov are on the trade block. But it says one source said the Isles are shopping multiple players. So, Matt, we know Hickey and Komarov. Who are the others? Talk about putting me on the spot. Uh... Who the hell Lad. else could it be? Lad, right? They're, they're not going to... Come on, who's... To, they're going to... Who's going to get on the horn and be like, so what it'll take for me to give you... Sorry, got to get my strawberries. Lad. Yeah, yeah, hang on. Oh, I, I, it's time for my boysenberry, but I, I would I'd very much like to for you to take on Andrew Ladd's contract and then instantly click. Like, that's how that conversation goes. So I, I've got a reasonable contract here for you. Um, the base salary is only a million dollars, and the GM's like, all right. And it runs for another three years, but the base salary is still only a million. All right, I'm interested. Uh, what, what's the player's name? Well, his first name starts with an A. Oh, okay, well, Lou, I'm going to need his full name. All right, it's Andrew. Click. Yeah, yeah. Right, because that, that's get it. it. Because he's got a million-dollar base salary throughout and $3 million signing bonus, which has been paid this year. But still, mm -hmm. no one's touching that. It is toxic. No. Yeah, it's very toxic, unfortunately. Maybe he can sell him as LTIR space. Like, could that be the move that, like, right on the eve of the season, he's going to say, got one, got, you, got another one for you. Here you go. You, you, you thought that Matt Martin signing for four years was good? How about this? Andrew Ladd's LTIR. Boom. Uh, maybe because there are a lot of teams over the cap, right? Like a, a lot. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's ten teams over the cap right now. Um, I, I'm not. I haven't checked on on each one of them to see how what their LTIR space is like. Um, but I, I know Tampa should be okay. But Washington at eighty five one two nine, that that might be an issue. Although Kempney and Lundqvist, maybe not. But like, 
may, maybe you can find buyers if it's LTIR. If not, just keep it, right? Like, because the Islanders can use it anyways. No, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would probably keep it at that point too. Yeah. What's your What's your next one? Uh, last one for me comes from NHL on NBC. So, or well, it comes from Eric Hornick talking about NHL on NBC, actually. So now the Islanders have seven games on national TV. How about that? Seven times. The New York Islanders will be on national TV against Boston on the 18th, against Washington on the 26th. In February, they got Buffalo twice on the 12th and 15th. They got, let's see, the Buffalo again on the 7th <laughs> of March, Pittsburgh in March on March 29th, and uh, April 18th, Philly. To close it out, yeah, none against the Rangers. The hell? That seems a bit strange, right? Right, like got got to ramp up that that strong Buffalo rivalry. I understand they're a New York team, but like, I I I don't remember the last time there was a strong rivalry with the Buffalo Sabers. There's there's really not. I got to be completely honest with you. There's nobody who really cares too much about Western Europe. It's it's different. I don't mean it in like a bad way. Like no one cares, but it's just like that's its own thing. The metro area in Long Island's its own thing. It's like, I don't know. It's a very different geographical area. Like, it's not even close. Like, New York State is pretty damn big. Uh, and, and to go all the way out west when you got one that's just across the river, what are you doing? What are you yep. doing? Who's New York playing against on the, on those games? Uh, by New York, I mean the Rangers. Like, I, I'd be interested to know. Is it just going to be Boston Ooh. matchups? Like, Yeah, probably, right? Who who did they match him up? The Capitals because of Philly? Henrik. And you're like oh, cool, right? Like, but like, and if you want to bump up rivalries, Philly, Washington, Philly, Philly, uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Washington, mm. Rangers, Islanders, Rangers, Islanders, man. Yeah, it's just it's just silly. At least the Buffalo market is a big enough market, right? Like they do watch, so mm-hmm. it's something. Yeah, no, definitely. But that that was a little weird that there was no Rangers one on there. Uh, anything else from you for social? Uh, my last one here comes from David Boychuk. I think we'll all recognize that last name. Um, it's a uh, tweet saying, Happy New Year's, everyone. Love from the Boychucks. Hashtag Isles at New York Islanders. And it's a picture of their cottage. Um, and it's, it's wow. I, I, I've seen not nice cottages, but this one is very nice. Oh, I just sent you the tweet here. Yes, I'm going to open it now. I, I don't know where it is. I imagine it's in Edmonton. I, I don't see any geotag on it. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I know they're based out of Edmonton, but like, wow, God, yeah, right. That's beautiful. Nice roaring fire, blue lights. The 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 antlers there looks very rustic. Uh, the beams of wood. Oh my God! Like this cottage is beautiful. I haven't seen. I've only seen the face of it. So, uh, David, my God, that cottage. Good job, buddy. Yeah, I I would like to spend New Year's Eve there. That looks like a great place to spend it, to be honest with you. Right? It seems super cozy. Just go outside by that roaring fire when you're done. Find one of the, I imagine, 12 million guest rooms in there and just, like, find a book and a a bottle of scotch and just get lost in a book. That sounds amazing to me. Yeah, that's perfect. I was thinking the same thing, like, just uh, sipping on some whiskey right by that fire. Oh, my God. Sign me up for that in a second. Absolutely. All right, so let's get a couple of plugs in here before we get out of here. So wherever you are listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review. That really helps us out a lot, and we appreciate all the love and support. You could also follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter's at Matt O'Leary NY, and Mitch is on, or Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. I don't know why I said on. Uh, Facebook, Facebook.com. stuck on the on in thing. <laughs> I, my mind's in a complete box today. I just, this is not good. 
a Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You can download our app, the eyes on aisles app for iPhone, Android, whatever you use, you got it. Uh, you can visit the website eyes on aisles.com for all your New York Islanders needs. And last but not least, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Gets you a whole bunch of bonus content for five bucks a month. You get post game shows, which will be here before you know it. Mailbag shows, which we record right after this. Breakdowns of other topics, daily questions, a live stream with Mitch, a newscast. There's a whole lot of stuff going on over there. It's a lot of fun, right, man? You're getting something every day, whether it's a mailbag, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a post. You're, you're getting something, and it's a community of 100-plus Islanders fans. And like you said, in a week from now, we're doing post-game shows. So after every game, half-hour podcast. Everyone, every 56 Islander game, half-hour podcast of Matt and I breaking down the entire proceedings. Sign up now if you haven't already. It's five bucks a month. It's well worth it considering how many games are going to be p- be played per week going forward. It's going to be wild, and I can't wait. The The weeks where there's four games and we're just cranking out post games almost every day, that's going to be so much fun. I'm so stoked. Absolutely. So thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Back again next week, so don't go anywhere. But for now, I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.